There we go. Is that better? Never mind everything I just said that you couldn't hear. Um, so let's read together if you'll read off the screen. It won't read like any English translation you've seen, I think. Together. Therefore, I myself, the prisoner in the Lord, am calling alongside you to walk in a way consistent with the calling with which you were called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, putting up with each other by self-sacrifice, being eager to keep the singularity of the Spirit with the bonding bands of peace, one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one honesty about dependence, one wash, one God, that is to say, Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. And himself, he gave some apostles, other prophets, other good messengers, other pastors, that is to say, teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of serving, for the building of the body of Christ. There we go. Until we all meet in the singularity of honesty about dependence, that is to say, the knowledge of the Son of God, unto the complete man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of the Anointed One, in order that we may no longer be toddlers waved and carried about by every wind of teaching, by the trickery of people, by the cunning for the methods of deceit, but truth-orating in self-sacrifice, we might grow into him in every way, who is the head, the anointed one, from whom all the body, being fitted together and joined through every ligament of supply, according to energy, by measure of each one of the parts, works the growth of the body, into the building up of itself by self-sacrifice. Whoops. So, okay. This slide is what the text looks like when I was working on it, translating. And as you can see, yes, this is the way to read the Bible. Um, Dr. Brighton's available to help you with that. So some notes on the text. You did notice that it was fairly awkward, and there's some phrases or terms you haven't heard of before, like truth-orating, uh, but I think changing the language a little bit keeps us from reading over it. In other words, um, one of the goals often of English translations is to make it smooth. One of the problems with making it smooth is that it's too smooth. It's so smooth that it can run off of us like water off a duck's back which means it becomes like that word of God in the parable of the sower that lands on the path and the birds come and snatch it away because it didn't find any ground to sink into. It didn't sink in and so stay with us. So I hope a, a more um, uh, literal and therefore awkward translation helps this become more memorable. So working through the translation a little bit, first of all, that first and very important word, therefore. What would our Christian faith, our Christian life be like if every time we came to the word therefore in our Bible reading, we backed up and read what comes in front of it? 
Well, one thing was we probably wouldn't get much else done, but we'd be a better Christian, I'm sure, because we keep putting together what is it that comes before that the rest of this is based upon. So as you think about the last three weeks, Ephesians 1, 2, 3, there's been a lot of God communicating his grace and his love and his power and his wisdom into us, and now that's going to start moving. It's going to start making a difference in our lives. Secondly, Paul refers to himself not as a prisoner, but the, a definite article, prisoner. So if you look around in the New Testament at the word prisoner, you'll find 2 Timothy, for example, where Paul describes himself as his, meaning Christ's prisoner, meaning he's imprisoned because of his witness to Christ according to the truth. Third, calling alongside of. So this word calling, um, just the word call, 148 times in the New Testament, that's a lot of times. Um, this also a, a similar word from the root parakaleo, to call alongside of 109 times in the New Testament. So calling someone or calling alongside of someone, not calling in terms of have your people call my people. It's not a calling and then the ball's in our court whether we want to return the call or this language of response that a lot of popular Christianity is very preoccupied with. What's our response? So think about some people in the Bible who were called. Moses, his response was, no way. His second response was, get somebody else. His third response was, well, how about somebody else besides that? And so on. Until God gets angry, says, look, you're it, so get going. David was called, the least likely of the players, right? The youngest of uh, the brothers, and not even in the neighborhood. He's out watching the sheep, and what good can he be because he's too small? Jonah, another unwilling, unlikely candidate, but he serves God purposes in his reluctance to do what it is God had called him to. Saul, who becomes Paul. So what does it take for God to call Saul? Off his horse, blinded, terrified for three days, wondering what his future might be, and then baptized by Ananias, and so drawn into the kingdom of heaven and inspired by the Holy Spirit, moves right back into the synagogue, arguing with those there, proving from the scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. That's what God makes him capable of. And then Paul uses the language of walkabout, peripateo, not just walk, but walking around, made me think of our good friend Crocodile Dundee, who mentions Jesus and the apostles prominently in one of his movies. Um, often in English translations, this is translated live, not walk. Uh, but I think there's something problematic about that. A lot of people live in different places, but there's not much activity to that life. A lot of people live in nursing homes. A lot of people live in hospice care. A lot of people live in poverty or in addictions or all kinds of things that actually close them in. That's not, that's not living, really. And so walking has to do with movement. It has to do with purpose and destination and, and motion. Also, not worthy in the sense of live up to. So Paul's not telling you you need to live now worthy of 
the calling that God called away you with. Otherwise, you are not worthy. But it means to live, no, it means to walk consistent with the calling with which you were called. Now, Paul uses this walk language uh, eight times in Ephesians. So, Paul says, don't walk any longer according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air that's now at work in the sons of disobedience. Stop walking like that. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus in order that we might walk in the good works that God prepared for us ahead of time. That we might walk consistent with our calling, our verse, that we might walk no longer as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking, that we might walk in self-sacrifice. Now that's usually translated love, but that's lost its meaning in our culture. So walk self-sacrificially. You're using up yourself in the course of this walk on behalf of other people. Walk as children of light, so you know where you're going. You can see clearly. Walk not as unwise, but as wise, walking circumspectly with, uh, with your, your uh, sensitivity alert to what's going on around you and the importance of your walk. And so more specifically in our passage, walk this way with the bonding bands of peace. Peace in the Bible often meaning wide open spaces rather than the, uh, think about a claustrophobic person. There's no peace in a, in a tight space for a person with claustrophobia. So think about getting out in the open, all of a sudden they feel much, much better. But there's something about peace that binds us together. It has its own bands that draw us together. So now we're walking together. Part of that walking together depends on humility and gentleness. Think about how far those two things go to help us get along patiently. Putting up with one another. I tried to look for a better way to do that, but that seemed like what he's saying. Putting up with one another, because sometimes that's the best we can do. And, and the best we can do depends on, again, this self-sacrifice, this love for one another. Let me just put aside me and concentrate on being helpful to you. Eager to keep the singularity of the Spirit, that singularity, usually unity, but singularity seemed more, more uh, potent in my mind. Singularity of the Spirit, it comes up again later, until we all meet in the singularity of honesty about dependence. Now, singularity because there's one and only one Spirit of God. Singularity because honesty can't be counterfeited. You're either honest about your dependence on God or you're not. Which is why Jesus says, unless you repent and become as a child, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven because you'll still be getting in your own way kind of thing. Uh, one, not like three dog night, the loneliest number, but one to seven times here, and you can spend some time looking at the interaction of those seven. I, t I used wash instead of baptism because I wanted you to expand your notion of what he's talking about. Wash as in immersed in the living water of God's word, a wash in that living word with the other people who are walking with you. And then on to some particular things about the Son of God that our lives depend on. He went down. Philippians 2 talks about the onward going, going down, down, down of Jesus to uh, death, death on a cross, 
hell, and then resurrection, then back up. Hell, death, grave, up and up and up, seated at the right hand of God, who captured captivity. Jesus once said, how can you rob a rich, a, a strong man, unless you first bind the strong man, which he did by taking his accusations upon himself and so making us innocent. Having gifts, which he gave to us according to his own measure, and so then there's a sequence that you can see in the translation on your handout. One thing leads to another. Word authenticated green V type people through whom the word equips saints whom God builds as living stones into the body of Christ. Here's a little Dr. Seuss moment. Safe from toddler tempting treacherous teaching tempests and tricksters. Instead, truth-orating, and so advancing the truth in every possible way by way of self-sacrifice, growing up into Christ, and so we move from the reality of God's providence for us into the realizing of that providence for us. And that's Ephesians 4 pretty fast. Let's close in prayer. Lord God, we thank you that you have called us into that unity in Christ of one body, one hope. And we pray that you would, as we go forth today, always remember your self-sacrificial love for us and then speak that truth out and expand uh, everywhere we go that truth that you are the self-sacrificial one who has made us into self-sacrificial people. In your name we pray. Amen. Go in peace and serve the Lord.